Before today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, I want to talk to you about Wednesday's episode. We are going to do a mailbag episode before the playoffs. So email us about your playoff lineups, fantasy courts, bad beats, fun facts, football stuff, and weird non-football stuff. Whatever you got, send that to ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com for our pre-playoff mailbag episode. Or you can tweet us. Our Twitter handles are in the episode description for this episode you're listening to right now. Just click on our names. And then on today's episode, we talk Russ and Kyler are cooling down, Baker and the Browns are heating up, and the Carson Wentz era in Philly is on ice. We also add a popular running back to the burn book, and we give our waiver wire picks to the fantasy playoffs. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I'm Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. DK, how about that Giants defense? <laughs> God damn it. I knew you were going to start with that shit. Heifetz is like, it's been like a year since you've legitimately talked shit to me. And uh, I forgot the feeling of rage that develops deep inside my soul when you do it. He, he was texting me during You're the so game. so used to he, not feeling anything. He wasn't even doing it through legal channel or like normal channels <laughs> last Am I going to have to get like, between the two of you and make sure like nothing happened? You know, like he like tweeted me a little bit. He was giving me shit on Slack, like in our work Slack. And then he was texting me too. He was just peppering me with to- with trash talk. Honestly, I don't even want to give a shit. I was super kind. I thought I was a gentleman about the whole thing. I texted you, you really fine. pumped up you about the Wayne Gallman run. I thought I handled it like a gentleman. I, I you know what? I think I could have been a way, way more of a dick, and maybe I will throughout the course of this episode. You were fine, and, and honestly, like the Seahawks sucked, and I deserved it. Like it was a terrible game um, from a Seahawks point of view. They just looked bad. Giants, and the, and honestly, on the Giants side, it's kind of the things we've been talking about. Their defense looked pretty good. Their run game kind of carried them. Their offense wasn't good necessarily, but their run game kind of did just enough to get them W. I don't know. Yeah, well, you in think? case someone wasn't sure what happened over the weekend, can you remind people what happened? The score, you know, everything, you know, just in case. I kind of what forgot. was the, I don't even know what was the final score. It's like seventeen to twelve. Yeah, weird the ass Seahawks day. blew a massive five zero lead. <laughs> yeah, the Seahawks were it's basically leading like five the, to nothing. It's like the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl all over again. They just blew the massive lead. Uh, no, the Gi- yeah, the Giants yeah. won seventeen to twelve. For, I can't remember a five zero lead in a game ever before, but that was amazing. No, the the last five zero game at, was the Seahawks when they played, I believe, the Cardinals in twenty thirteen. Oh, or, that I bizarre game yeah. with the kick. Of they course, kept- of course, it was the Seahawks who had the last five to nothing game at one point. The Seahawks are a bizarre football yeah. team. Yeah, man. And this segues perfectly into Russell Wilson and the the quarterback collapse that is going on as we enter the fantasy playoffs of, of, of specifically Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, who are probably tanking people and perhaps have prohibited people from making the playoffs now because they've relied on these two guys there the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. You said collapse and my mind just went to colony collapse from bees. You know how like, like two out of five food products come from like food, like... <laughs> the supply chain and it's like two out of five fantasy championship teams are probably depending on Russ or Kyler. I don't know if that was a terrible analogy or not, but God. the first month or two that we were doing this, I feel like we just kept talking about how Russell Wilson was scoring more fantasy points than anyone ever. Kyler and then Kyler took over the pace and then mm-hmm. Kyler was scoring more fantasy points than any quarterback had ever before, including like Mahomes in 2018, Lamar in 2019. Kyler had 10 rushing touchdowns in like 11 games. Like he was ahead of all that pace. And now it's like, do you even play these guys in the fantasy playoffs? We're here in week 14. <laughs> right. I don't even know if you should do this. Russ, oh, I feel man. safer with, but we can get into this. But between Russ just getting completely 
stuck in this Giants defense. And then Kyler, I, I think credit to Craig, this, the shoulder injury with him is real. Like you can see it at this point. It's just bizarre. And then I think it's extra interesting because the Giants are playing the Cardinals this week. So the stuff that they just used against Russ, I'm worried about Kyler getting caught. The Giants called it a spider web where they didn't really rush Russell Wilson to sack him. They rushed to contain him and then strategically pushed him out to a certain side, which is kind of also what the Rams were doing with Kyler Murray, where they wanted to push Kyler away. They didn't want him to roll out to his right so he could throw. They wanted him to roll left and be uncomfortable and kind of entangle him. And I'm a little worried about Kyler this week without the shoulder injury. But what do you think, Deacon? What do you make of this? Well, and that's a common strategy, I guess, against what what you call like mobile quarterbacks, mush rushing and keeping them in the pocket, especially effective against Kyler. The Seahawks, though, I feel like there's no excuse because Wilson's not even that mobile anymore. He's he's a guy that can scramble if you need him to, but he should be making plays in the pocket. He should the Seahawks should have some sort of game plan because what the Giants did were was to mostly play like this cover two shell, keep everything in front try and limit DK Metcalf, like deep bombs down the field and all that stuff. And the Seahawks just didn't seem to have an answer for it. It was very bizarre. And the funniest part of the game was when you plugged in Chad Wheeler at right tackle because the Seahawks, the offensive line has been pretty solid the whole year. But Chad Wheeler was famously just awful for the Giants a couple years ago. And I can't, (laughs) I can't even tell you how many texts I've exchanged with Giants fans about Chad Wheeler. And then he comes in the game and then I think he gave up four hurries on Russell Wilson in his first like nine or 10 snaps. Awesome. Awesome. He's their four-string right tackle for the record. Like, <laughs> so that's the thing. Is, is yeah. it the protection for Seattle's worse? Is it the game plan? And are you worried about the effect on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? And Lockett had another pretty meh game in this one. Yeah. it's a. I, I mean, obviously, with anything, there's a, a number of factors at play, I think, right now. And and one of them is the, the protection has not been as good as it was early in the year. And that was a big part of Russell Wilson just going scorched earth on everyone as he had time to sit there in the pocket and just pick apart defenses. Now... You, you take away that ability, even a marginal difference is like a big deal for a quarterback. And and now he you see him struggling. And, and he went through that stretch of games where he was throwing a bunch of interceptions. I think Pete Carroll had a come-to-Jesus moment with Wilson and basically told him that can't happen. And now you see him eating sacks instead of trying to throw the ball deep or throw the ball into traffic. He's just playing it safe. And... Basically, really? the Seahawks offense, has, is it's still pass-heavy. In fact, I think you know they, they had... Way more pass attempts yesterday than run attempts. It was like really skewed, and Pete Carroll was all upset about it after the game. <laughs> but the difference is that instead of being really aggressive, throwing into like tight coverage and things like that, Wilson's just being really conservative, trying to limit turnovers, and their offense has just collapsed. I mean, it it, it as l- recent as like ten days ago. They were first in the NFL in scoring. <laughs> you know, coming into Week Twelve, they were first in the NFL in scoring. Now. Things have fallen apart. They only had 10 points against the Giants. They lost to a Colt McCoy-led Giants team. <laughs> and things are snowballing. And from a fantasy point of view, like like to circle back all the way around on this, it definitely does make me a little bit nervous. It, it's the perfect example of the dance with Ubrunya argument. Like, do you just keep plugging Wilson in there thinking this is going to get better? Um, or do you try and pick up somebody and stream them at this point? Well, Russ is playing the Jets next week, so if he ain't... So that I mean, one, that makes that a, a relatively easy decision, I think. You know, the, but, the Jets just don't have a good defense, but what? what, but what? Is there going to be, is this going to be a little fool's gold? Are we going to get tricked by week 14? Russ is playing the Jets. The next two weeks, Washington and then the Rams. Like, yeah. <laughs> the Rams is really concerning. Russ playing the Rams in like the championship game, if you make it there, is really concerning. But that's one of those, cross that bridge when you get there. You're rolling with... I'm a little more worried about Kyler because... If you look at the numbers with Kyler Murray, it's really concerning. I mean, basically since the the Hale Murray game, I mean Kyler Murray, or really since the, he hurt that shoulder against those the Seahawks, right? Speaking of Seahawks, yeah. I think he hurt against the Seahawks. He went from averaging like 65, 67 rushing yards per game. Since that game, since he hurt his shoulder, he has like 62 rushing yards total. And then the passing, he had two of his worst passing performances over the last two weeks. He's 300 yards passing combined in the last two weeks. And it's not like the Cardinals haven't needed him. Do you attribute that to defenses now knowing he's hurt and knowing that, hey, let's let's lean off a little bit? Because he's oh, not it's a little of everything. It's a little of everything. I think that he's running differently and he's running more protective of his shoulder. And defenses are trying to have him hand the ball off more because they don't want him with the ball in his hands. And I think that they also really are willing to let him, yeah, let Kyler beat us through the air. And they're willing to say, okay, is he going to just dink and dunk us through the whole drive? 
But also just even Kyler's numbers, again, 300 passing yards over the last two weeks, even that is like totally overinflated because that first play he had of this Cardinals game, he hit Dan yeah. Arnold. That was like a broken coverage. That was one of the, there's like two or three touchdowns every year where it's like 70 yards and the guy catches it and runs 30 <laughs> yeah. yards and no defenders appear in the screen the whole time. It was one of those. That's how broken the coverage was. Right. But you take that out and you're like, holy crap, he has 230 passing yards or whatever over two games. So mm. now he's playing the Giants who just established against Russell Wilson that they're kind of okay corralling these running quarterbacks. I am a little worried about Kyler. I don't know if I'd have the stones to bench him, but if you're thinking about it, you're not crazy. Like, this is really disappointing. Was he even in the top 15 this week for quarterbacks? I don't. I think he might have been right on that line. The scary thing is, is like, if you look at last week, he scored eight points. The week before, (laughs) week 12, he had eight points, right? And he pretty much had the exact same game he had yesterday, but just threw three touchdowns. So it's like, and those three touchdowns, like you said, were kind of lucky. So it's like his floor now is like the guy throws for 200 yards and like one touchdown. And that's kind of it. Like that seems to be where he's at now, which is not even close. I mean, if you look at the guys, we should talk QB streamers later. But if you're looking now next week, rather than play Kyler against New York, you have, uh, I'm looking in literally my fantasy league's waiver wire, Matt Stafford against Green Bay. You can play mm-hmm. Matt Ryan. You could play Teddy Bridgewater. Like Philip Rivers. Right. Like, We've reached that point no, of, dis- no, of the let's, discussion. Let's, let, well, we might as well do this right now. Let's go through this. Who are these yeah. guys would you actually play? I'm going to okay. take Teddy Bridgewater right now. We're throwing him out because the Panthers have, what, eight players put on the COVID-19 list today. DJ mm-hmm. Moore's right. on there and Curtis, Curtis Samuel. Samuel's on there. Yep. And so we don't know if they're going to play or not. We don't know who was positive yet and who was not. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. But at the very least, they're not going to practice. And so okay. here's the crazy thing about Carolina. They only have like six players who've caught the ball more than six times, and now two of them are on the COVID list. So I don't want Teddy Bridgewater next week. Okay, so I'm going through this waiver wire here. So we got Stafford against Green Bay. Galladay probably will be back. Maybe Swift as well. And the and the Daryl Bevel narrative, man. No, no, no. It's alive and well. This is crazy. Is it crazy? Is it, you know, the Seinfeld thing when Kramer's like, is it crazy? Is, is it, it cr- insane? Or is it so sane that I just blew your mind? <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's crazy. Baker Mayfield it's crazy. playing the Ravens? What about that? Oh, I mean, look, I'm, just I would not ever play Baker. I don't Mayfield. think I'm going to do this. I'm not going to bench Russell Wilson or Kyler if they got me this far. But the fact that we're having this conversation, I think is yeah. telling. In, in Can the our idea. Wednesday episode this week be the fact that we're having this conversation? The episode? <laughs> We might have it's to just do like it. these crazy things that we're like, are we really doing this for the playoffs? <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. I think the real answer here is that you're probably not benching these guys. But if you have, if you're one of those teams that has two great quarterbacks, you can think about it. But there's probably no one on streamers that you're going to want to do it for. Uh, yeah, well, we can get to that later in the week, too. Other quarterback news while we're talking about crazy quarterback stuff. Carson Wentz sucks now. Uh, I almost feel bad for the guy. I've, I, I've just come 360 on this. I'm at the point where it's like, let's remember his offensive lines hurt. I feel bad for him. You know that uh, you know the Aaron Boone argument where he argues with the ump and he's like, I feel bad for you. That's how I feel about Carson Wentz because he's been sacked 50 times in 12 games, which is kind of insane to think about. Ugh, I just, that just seems I don't feel like, like it would hurt a lot. I think I saw the stat that he's been sacked Three plus times in ten straight games, which is a new NFL record. It just seems painful. But anyway, he We're got benched for Jalen Hurts. With Wentz yeah. as he got benched. He got benched for Jalen Hurts in this game. We as again as of Monday afternoon, we don't know who is going to be starting for the Eagles this week. I don't think Jalen Hurts is someone you're going to be plugging and playing in week week fourteen for your playoffs. But if it's a two quarterback league, you obviously mm-hmm. have to pick him up. I guess the oh, question yeah. is if you're in a deeper league. 12 or 14 teams, or in a two-quarterback league, would you be playing him this week? I would. I would for sure, because in a super flex league, and you can pick up a second quarterback on the on the waiver wire. It depends, obviously, on your team. But, I mean, the guy has the rushing ability to have that floor that you really, really look for at the quarterback position. And, I mean, that was the big thing when I was watching that game. That was the big thing that he added to the Eagles' offense that I think Wentz really couldn't. And, and it goes to, like, what we said about him taking so many sacks. Is Wentz is just... I think earlier in his career, Wentz had sort of a reputation as being a mobile quarterback, a guy who could escape a lot of pressure, get out of these, like what looked like sure sacks and Houdini his way into into positive plays. He just isn't doing that anymore. He looks stiff. He looks a little slow to me. And Hurts, the spark that he provides to me is his ability to escape pressure and keep plays alive. And he he scrambled a bunch in this game. He, you know, he had a couple of mistakes. He wasn't like perfect or anything like that, but he created some plays outside of structure and outside of the pocket that I think 
definitely was a net positive for this offense. I know that a lot of Eagles fans are like, they have to start Hurts going forward. We'll see what Doug Peterson wants to do, but um, it's obviously a very complex situation because of the, the contract and just overall everything that the Eagles have sunk into Wentz at this point. But based on everything I'm seeing, man, all Eagles fans want to see Hurts in there. So it's going to be very, very interesting. And I, I do think he is startable. You said he was Houdini. Who's that bad magician in Arrested Development? Tony Wonder or Job? It's like he went from Tony Houdini to now Wonder. he's Job or Tony Wonder. talking about the Ben Stiller character? Yeah, he's yeah. Tony Wonder now. The W goatee. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get top scores for the week. QB1 was Derek Carr. I just, Against that's, the Jets. There's, Anyone versus the Jets. There can be books written about that game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was QB2. Baker Mayfield was QB3. David Montgomery was RB1 yes. for the week. Hell yes. What a journey. RB2 is Aaron Jones, Craig. RB3 is Jonathan Taylor, Craig. Wow, what a what a what a week for running Good backs weekend this podcast. For Craig. Wide receiver 1 was Corey Davis. Devontae Adams was wide receiver 2. Justin Jefferson was wide receiver 3. Look at you go, Deke. Wow, what just great all around for us. Tight end Darren Waller was tight end what 200 yards on the dot. Travis Kelsey off. was tight end 2 and Mike Gesicki was the tight end 3. And then the top three defenses were Pats, Jags, Dolphins, but the Pats ran away with it with like 31 points, even though they probably deserved more somehow. This is like the Patriots of last year. Remember when they were outscoring <laughs> like some of these top 10 picks? <laughs> like midway through the season, Pats he's like outscoring like seventh player. like Dondre Hopkins or something ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly, my favorite stat from last season, period. This is from Ch uh, Chase Stewart pointing this out. There was a, like through seven games, if you take away kicks, so take away field goals, take away extra points. The Pats defense had outscored the offenses they had played because they had <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Crazy. Because they had like twenty four, they had four touchdowns and they had only allowed three. Yeah, there was that a time when they incredible. were like the fifteenth best player in fantasy last year. It yeah, was it's, it included quarterbacks anyway. It was like that. <laughs> and on, sadly for Anthony Lynn, if there is an argument that he needs to be fired, it's that that game just looked like the Chargers game from two years ago when they just got the doors blown off of them at halftime. It was like I it was like I watched a replay of it. It was crazy. Belichick, hey, Belichick to the Chargers? Who says no? I think everyone. Every everyone involved. <laughs> no. Why? <laughs> I think that's happening. This was Belichick's not that he needed to try out, but this was him being like, look, he's flexing his muscles like I, I can do good things with Justin. How Herbert. many like, well you're the Chargers quarterback? How many first round picks would you trade for Belichick? Would you trade three? Mind you, he's like 69 and might just retire <laughs> in like two years. Thinking about it. No, I wouldn't trade three. I'd trade two. <laughs> yeah. I think I Maybe would. one, I think one you or have two? to trade. I, I, if he was like, I will keep coaching. Oh, I, I think would, they I would, would trade, trade too. Yeah, he should. They should legitimately do everything in their power to get him to the Chargers. He's the greatest. He's the greatest football coach of all time. None of us are Massachusetts people, but doesn't he have a house in Cape Cod? Is he actually? Does he want to retire in warm weather? I feel like he's too gruff to like the house thing. Wear means nothing. We all need to who relax knows? about like who bought a house where. Rich people have like four houses. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Craig, who's your winner of the week? My winner of the week is the Will Fuller replacement crew. And th this is really just a testament to to, Deon, uh, crew. to Deshaun Watson. So, Kiki, so I, I mean, just to let everybody know, obviously, Will Fuller, bless his heart, got suspended for PEDs. We talked about that last week. Check it out. And then Randall Cobb got hurt. He's missed the game. They waived Kenny Stills. Am I missing anybody? Is that right? Is that everybody? Oh, uh, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. You forgot that one. Oh, right. Uh, he's been all right, <laughs> I heard, this year. So th th they they rolled into this week with Kiki Kuti, who has been on the Texans uh, for three years now. Bill O'Brien kind of hated him, never played him. He's been yeah, he injured a lot. He the doghouse for whatever But reason. when he's played, he's kind of been good. If you go look back at his- He has. At his games on the Texans, like when he plays, he's been pretty good, even though DeAndre Hop or Hop Hopkins was on his team and- Whatever. He had a fantastic game. He had eight catches for 141 yards, nine targets. And then this guy, Chad Hansen, shows up. I think he's like the fourth member of the Hansen band. Who knows? <laughs> 25 he's Scott Hansen's son. It's like, a Jack, it's like Chris Collinsworth has like Jack Collinsworth on the NBC broadcast somehow. Like Scott Hansen just got his son just on the Texans. Just begging for him to get into the red zone so he can talk about him. <laughs> 
Well, that guy, Chad Hansen, had five catches, 101 yards. So, and, and Brandon Cooks had 65 yards. He left with a head injury, which is scary. He has a huge history of concussions. He ended up coming back, so that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah he did no, not. Uh, I wasn't yeah, happy to see him one. come back. Right, yeah. I've had mixed Brandon feelings Cooks about thing. that. Yeah, but um, I, listen, man, going forward, I mean, they play the Bears, which is a little bit difficult, and then Indy and then Cincinnati. I, I, I don't know about Chad Hansen. I think Kiki Kuti is like, should be one of the three receivers starting on a fantasy team for the remainder of the fantasy season. And if he's available, this would be probably the big week to go grab him in your in your waivers if people already haven't. I think you should kind of shell out for him. He's playing slot. And um, the way Deshaun's playing, which is like a top three quarterback in the league, I, I kind of don't think it matters who they play. I, I really think you should shell out for him. He's been fantastic. Yeah. The Bears, ha- the Bears defense honestly hasn't been as good as the reputation would indicate over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Kiki, it wasn't just cheap shit either, like where he's just getting a dump off in the middle of the field. Like he made a couple of really nice plays, including one play where he kind of went up high and twisted in the air and pulled it down. Like he's a is good Is he player. the new Will Fuller? Is he the new, um, <laughs> man, if he's healthy, he could be pretty good. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's been a lot of interest in him in, in the dynasty community though, since he, um, you know, like we talked about last week, he came in and I think he had like 11 catches in his first game as a pro. Like that's not, he did. Yeah. If you see targets as a, as a skill stat, you have to be good to get targets in the NFL in the highest level of football in the world. And he got that in his first game. Then a lot of people are excited about this guy's potential. So, um, so how do we feel about him versus Tim Patrick? Cause Kiki QT is like as cool of a name as you can get. And then Tim yes. Patrick's the most boring name. So, like, how would you feel if, if Kiki QT was named Tim Patrick? Would you still be like, <laughs> must add this guy? No way. I'd be like, let him sit. This was a random. <laughs> Let's just get into this right now. Actually, I want to add uh, Tim Patrick to Craig's winner just for fun because I got a. I actually had a, a funny like conversation on Twitter about Tim Patrick. I um, for all of you just, out there, Tim Patrick is a wide receiver on the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Who in my... Tim, I mean, there's probably also 100,000 other Tim Patricks. You may have a Tim Patrick in your personal life. Like, there are right. other Tim Patricks. That's just not do who you think, we're talking Do about. you think Tim Patrick is the first Tim Patrick to pop up when you Google him? Not even close. Oh, I bet question. there's some, like, Canadian politician. He's number one. Wow. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe it's because well, Google, Google knows, knows you. my algorithm. Yeah, right. Google knows you. My take on Patrick is that he's actually good. He's a good player. And I was having this talk on Twitter and a couple of people actually pointed this out that he he is exactly that. If he had a cooler name, a couple uh, examples from loyal readers slash listeners, Flash Patrice. That was a good one. What if his name was Flash Patrice? <laughs> I'm so in. What, ra- what round does Flash Patrice go in if he's you know going into 2021? I think he's a fourth rounder. His middle name is Michael spelled with a Y. Even if he did that. That like, would be cool. Uh, another person said Leighton Swift. What if he was Leighton Swift? <laughs> People are just using <laughs> names just like Swift, Flash, Speed, <laughs> exact Dash. That's what I'm uh, anyways, Tim Patrick, he has double-digit points in three of his team's last four games um, that weren't started by Kendall Hinton, so I did not include last week. This week, he led the team in snaps, and if you go back even further, he has double-digit points in six of eight not including that Hinton game. So he's been doing it for a little while. And again, he just continues to fly under the radar because his name is Tim Patrick. And he's playing on the same team as KJ Hamler, as Jerry Judy. And he's been stuck behind Cortland Sutton in the past. But every time he gets in there to play, he puts up numbers. I think he's actually really good. He's going to be a restricted free agent next year. And so he's going to be a guy to watch. But for this year, I think he is one of the top waiver wire pickups. And we'll we'll talk about that more, but he, so he was Ke- definitely wait, a winner. Kiki and Tim Patrick are both available. Who would, you, who would you rather have the rest of the season? You got to win your chip. Kiki. Kiki Deshaun because Watson's I trust, him. Way cooler yeah, I trust name, the yeah. Texans offense way more. <laughs> yeah, cooler name. I, I, I'm i here. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. <laughs> Is that your winner of the week, Tim Patrick? Speak down no, forever. Hold that, your peace. I added that to Craig's. My, that's oh, it's just a tangent. Name. Okay. Who's your winner of the week? <laughs> just a giant Tim Patrick tangent. Yeah. My winner of the week is Baker Mayfield, who we've shit upon. All season. Craig, I believe, has said... He's got a great name, though. Baker Mayfield sucks. And I quote something along, along those lines. He sucks. Baker Mayfield, Craig. more like Baker May suck. I still stand by it. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, so Craig's holding strong. He's going to die on that hill. But uh, the Cleveland offense is legitimately heating up. And obviously, a big part of it has to do with the weather. It hasn't been hurricane force winds when they're playing. And that's been very helpful. But... Against a good, you know, the Titans' defense isn't necessarily good, but the Titans are a good terrible. team. It's terrible. And they just came out and freaking dominated the Titans. I mean, the Titans were 8-3 and three coming into this game. You have to say they were a, a big contender in the AFC. And a lot of people saw the Browns as a big pretender. 
And I don't know. This to me changes the opinion a lot of of the Browns overall and what their offense can do. Mayfield was 20 of 25 for 290 yards and four touchdowns in the first half. They scored on their first six possessions, including or after scoring a field goal on their first possession, they had five straight touchdown drives. And I don't know. It's not like Mayfield was playing out of his mind or making these crazy throws, but he was playing very efficiently, obviously, delivering the ball to where it needed to be. His his, his uh, receivers got some big plays. And number one, I think the big thing is is Jarvis Landry, Landry down the stretch becomes much, much more interesting for you know just an everyday, like a wide receiver two slash wide receiver three. Are we taking him out of the book? No. I didn't feel as bullish about Mayfield in this game as you did, and probably everyone okay. else, and I'm, I'm probably on an island on this. I know that this is kind of stupid to say because they were thirty-eight to seven at halftime, and it was literally the best half of football Baker's played since like, like the Oklahoma State game when like in like three years ago <laughs> when he was in college. Right. It was unbelievable. But this is to me, I think it reassured me of here's his ceiling when they have a perfect game plan against a team that cannot rush the passer and they're selling out to stop the run. The Titans came into this game and were like, we're not going to get beaten by Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is not going to outrush Derrick Henry. I think they're quietly a little pissed from last year when Nick Chubb tried to steal the rushing title from Derrick Henry, and I think they were like, Nick Chubb's not outrushing Derrick Henry in this game. I actually kind of believe that that was part of it. And the Browns just passed over their head. But some of these big plays, it's to me, I was came away more impressed with like the play design and just like, wow, Kevin Stefanski designed a play with one route that the guy got wide open on a touchdown. But I didn't necessarily see like the thing we've had issues with Baker the whole time, which is, can he throw the ball when he's pressured? He wasn't pressured in this game. The Titans have mm. the worst pass rush in the league other than like the Panthers and the Raiders. So as insane as it is to say, like I, I was happy that he should do this. But at the same time, sometimes you can have a big day and it isn't necessarily indicative of future performance. The Titans blitz. Well, not that they blitz, but they have like the second lowest pressure rate. Next week, they're going against the Ravens. And if the Ravens get their guys yet back, they have one of the three highest pressure rates. Then the Giants, who are playing better than the Jets, who suck. And then they got to play the Steelers. And that's in week 17. So it doesn't count so much for fantasy. But not only that, Hyph, it's in Cleveland next Sunday. We're right back at it. The high is 51 and it's supposed to rain. Playing ball. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm just like, I, I feel like we're going to get right back. I, I, it wouldn't be surprising to me if a week from now we we're just talking about how Baker sucks again. Right. And I like, need to listen, see it twice. This was the only the second game of Baker's season where he scored more than 18 fantasy points. Like he had a great game. And I think it was like the most second most efficient game in like the last three years in passing across the board. But like Baker had played the Bengals week two. He played Dallas week four. He played Cincy week seven. And like Baker's not lighting, he wasn't lighting up any of these teams. Like, well, this is a running team, and then you had a defense that isn't very good sell out to stop the run, and then Baker shredded them. But I think it's rare to get a defense who's that bad and is going to stop, going to do whatever it takes to stop one part of your game. I can't wait to bet against the Browns in the playoffs. I, I can't wait. <laughs> so, okay. So, but at the same oh, time, I mean, he was a winner. Today, However, yeah, I mean, DK's right. Like, this is a huge step for the Browns. Like, it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> he was the winner of the day, like, unequivocally. <laughs> Uh, I got a bonus winner to add on to that. My boy David Montgomery, and who I'm back on. I'm back on the train, man. I'm back on the hype train for David Montgomery. And I think we talk about this probably every week, but I, I waffle between thinking David Montgomery yeah. is good. We had like a three week stretch DK where I think me and you were both like David Montgomery, like you should buy love actually buy low good. On Montgomery. Yeah, and then he was bad for two weeks right after that, and we were like, man, that was a terrible Fuck. prediction. And then it paid off. <laughs> yeah, he was the number one. Running back. And this is coming off of a pretty damn good week last week where he had 22.8 points. And again, this is sort of, obviously, we this is the reason we liked him going down the stretch is because they have a very light schedule of defenses after having a very, very strong... <laughs> Just let you guys know, I've been turning my camera. There is a there is a tractor, a massive tractor excavator. driving outside of An excavator. my house. Um, so, sorry so if anybody yeah, sorry. hears that. Craig, what are they Craig digging up? Me. <laughs> what was I talking about? So David Montgomery is actually You're talking about how David point. Montgomery dug himself out of a big hole. Ha! <laughs> good one. Nice. Um, wow. Nicely done. Anyways, uh, I was just happy to see him actually get some, you know, big plays. He, he made lunch, a lot of guys miss. He's still doing exactly what we, we had talked about him doing earlier in the year, which is breaking a lot of tackles, um, picking up yards after the catch. But now you see this offensive line actually starting to open up some holes for him, create some movement right. up front, and he's been able to take advantage of it. And down the stretch, 
Yeah. He has some bad defenses and that I think you can really take advantage of. Houston at Minnesota at Jacksonville to finish out the year. So that week 16 against Jacksonville, this guy could be pretty solid for you in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, this just aligns with our, our recommendation of the last few weeks of just like buy low on the Bears just because their schedule gets so easy for the fantasy playoffs. Yep. Okay, my win of the week, I'm just going to split it here. One, I just have to mention the Raiders and then everyone who had the Raiders in fantasy this week. If you stream Derek Carr, number one quarterback of the week, Darren Waller, number one tight of the week, and then obviously this freaking play that got Greg Williams fired. I mean, we have to talk about this for a second. <laughs> I don't know how many fantasy <laughs> games this, this flip, flipped. If we're being real, most people did not have Henry Ruggs in their lineup. I hope nobody had the Jets defense in their lineup. So it's not like this really changed a ton. Maybe we'll get some emails. But this was one of the most flabbergasting things I've ever seen at any level of football. And I'm including like some, some JV football games I've seen. I once lost a JV football game where our quarterback spiked the ball instead of taking a knee. And then we had to punt and then they threw a Hail Mary and we lost the game. And wow. this actually was made me feel more confused than that. This felt like you were playing Madden against your 12-year-old brother, and that was the final play. And he's like, I'm just going to blitz. I'm just going to blitz everybody. <laughs> he called Engage 8. It was like Engage 7. But Scott Van Pelt had this great stat in SportsCenter where 504, there have been 504 situations like that with that, like like a team up that big with that, much, uh, with that many yards to go and however many seconds on the clock. And 504 times, no one had ever sent seven rushes before. Literally had never happened <laughs> in the last 15 years. So... I don't I just I just wanted to say that I feel like we're all winners because we got to watch <laughs> Greg Williams on the Jets and we got to watch this Adam Gase coaching staff and we all have these fond memories. And as much as we make fun of Adam Gase, I wanted to thank Adam Gase for putting this Jets team together. Because you know what? We're too hard on him. This was great. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't get why people are so upset about this whole thing. I mean, it was clearly the best decision this team could have made. Yeah, but he didn't do it on purpose. It's too tidy of a narrative. There's He didn't do it to lose. The amazing right. part is the Jets are actually that bad. They're so bad that they're helping themselves be bad. Like, what are the conversations like amongst the players when they go into the locker room? Are they like, are we tanking? Or like, that was the worst call of all time. Like, when Greg Williams calls that in, and he's like, we're going to blitz the house. Are all of the, the defenders like, God damn it? Like, should we just not do it and like do our own thing? How does that work? Someone came out after the game. I can't remember. Marcus May was, was like, "We we that that was not. We needed a better call." Marcus May, in the most diplomatic terms, was like, "Fire this guy." He was the most diplomatic throwing a coach of, under a bus I've ever seen. Yeah, it was like he did it with a salute. Know, this and like feels very much right in in Gase's wheelhouse, though. Like he's been very aggressive in hail mary situations like this before. I don't know if he ever brought as many guys as he did in, in this particular situation, but he's been very aggressive as a blitzer in these situations. So again, I agree with you. I don't think this was like him trying to tank. However, this is by far the best outcome that could have happened for this Jets team. I don't think it's any the of the play players, of the year, the players don't want to lose. The players have other things on their mind. They're all trying to make as much money and to put as much good tape out there. Every player on the Jets has their own selfish reasons for not sucking and not like blowing this game. But, Big picture, Gase or uh, Williams did them a huge ass favor. The Jets organization by making that call. So I don't care why everyone's so up and you're right about because it. in when we look back, the Hale Murray, which was the coolest play of the year, will have absolutely no impact on anything and will not mean anything to anyone except like the people watch the game. And then the Jets losing this could have literally affect the generation of football, depending on Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Anyways. Yes. I also wanted to do a quick shout out to just number two receivers. Corey Davis, number one receiver of the week, Justin Jefferson. Number three, unbelievable. Kiki Kuti and Chad Hansen in Houston. Rashard Higgins for the Browns at a huge game. Mm. Tim Patrick or Tim Hortons, whatever his name is. Just just unbelievable. Just huge week for for like Flash random, Patrice. Random number twos. Flash yeah. Patrice. Flash Patrice. Corey Davis might be the winner of the uh, <laughs> Stephen Glansberg Award of 2020. Oh my God. He's Corey been Davis awesome. is the Stephen Glansberg. Steve, I love Corey Davis. Great. Just absolutely fantastic. Okay. Burn book time. Yeah. Do you want to run through who we got in the burn book just to give a recap? We haven't done that in a few weeks. So obviously Adam Gase is in the burn book and he was the original um, member. This is the Adam Gase Memorial Ringer burn, burn book. So that's always going to be the name of it. Um, Daniel Jones for Craig, Jack Doyle for Heifetz. In fact, Heifetz has all three of the Indianapolis tight ends, including Mo Alley Cox and Trey Burton. He's just sick of trying to like decide which one to start. I also added the city of Indianapolis. Don't forget the city of Indianapolis <laughs> is in the burn book. Yeah, yeah. AJ Green, which turned out to be an incredible call because he's had like goose eggs multiple times now since we did that. Scotty Miller, yeah. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, which is looking a little bit less strong after this last mm -hmm. week. 
Michael Gallup, strong. Marquise Brown, strong. Jonathan Taylor, wavering. We'll see. We'll wavering. See. Uh, Greg Roman and John Harbaugh because of uh, basically just the Ravens' offensive struggles. And then I put Jarvis Landry, which I'm actually regretting at this point. But we'll see how that all turns out. Half the list is like, great call putting them in the burn book. And the other half is like, should I play them this week? Well, that's the, that's the <laughs> that's whole exactly why personality burnable. of the burn book is because these guys, you talk yourselves into these guys every week. All right, are we? Well, we we had Kyler Murray on burn notice last week. I don't think we can burn him yet, but we're real close. If he has yeah, a playoff, he goose egg, if he has, if he if he like lays an egg in the playoffs, burn. But anyway, who? Anyone else in the burn book? You guys are thinking about? I yeah, I got to toss. I, I got to nominate one player here. Do we burn Miles Sanders, man? I mean, I know yeah, the Eagles' well, offense yeah. in general is a nightmare, but like, if you want to just like call a spade a spade and look at like fantasy performance, the dude in his last three weeks has had seven, five, and three points. The mm -hmm. Eagles brought back Jordan Howard again, and he like got four carries to Miles Sanders' <laughs> 10. Yeah. That right there is enough for me. They brought back Jordan Howard. It's like, holy shit. That's so, that's, that's the lowest of the low. The guy who literally was a healthy scratch for the Dolphins. They play the Saints next week. Like, are you benching Miles Sanders? Like, are we, are we going to burn oh Miles God. Sanders? I think you have to. Do you bench Miles Sanders next week? Is an insane question because you're right. The Saints' run D is like as good as like Pittsburgh. And also, right if Jalen Hurts plays, like I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? He's not gonna be. Maybe he won't be dumping it off to the running back because he'll just be scrambling. Oh my god! If your life depended on Miles Sanders getting nine fantasy points next week, <laughs> would you play him? Jesus no. Christ! Because <laughs> you need forty yards and a touchdown, and I don't feel good about that. You know how you oh, know how like, yeah. I would define the burn book is like the guys from from our point of view as the host of this podcast, the guys who you want to say are going to break out every week and then never break out. <laughs> because I've had Miles Sanders they on my list. They make me break out like, in hives. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've had Miles Sanders on my list. He was one of my gut calls this last week. He completely let me down. Um, and he was one was of my like, second half prediction guys. Yeah. And it's like every week I'm like, this is the week. This is the week. This is the week. And it never fucking happens. And are we just going to keep saying this is the week until, you know, the season's over? I I think we, I think we put him in. I think he's got to go in the burn book. I'm is down to in? put him in. You're in the yeah. book. Yeah, burn Miles Sanders. Also, I, I do have one. If you guys don't have any, I have one other person I'd like to nominate. Yeah. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire literally just for Ooh. last night deserves to be in the burn book. <laughs> that was absolutely brutal. And it, I have to say, if that cost you like a spot in the playoffs, please email ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. I know who he cost in the playoffs. Noah Malale. You? Oh, poor Noah. Ringer employee texted me saying, why isn't Clyde in the game? And I was driving <laughs> at the time and I was like, I knew he had the flu this week. Maybe he's just like, isn't starting or whatever. But like, you know, it said he's active. And of course the Yahoo report was like, could get a full workload. Never played. And, and after the game, you found out he was just like an emergency option for the Chiefs. And he was just sitting on the sideline because he didn't feel well. And like, no, it's not his fault. Like, that he was that He, was he had a stomach like that, bug. Right, then they lost weight from the stomach bug. But like, come on. Like, are, are the Chiefs, like, that is the most messed up thing to do. Like, are you, <laughs> to just like basically lie and be like, he's active, Andy looks Reed. good. Andy Reid kind of fucked I feel like us. that's a good example of something where if there were reporters around the facility this season, we would have known a little earlier. That seems like saying that would have leaked trickled out Friday night evening and somewhat like like the one of the chief ESPN reporters would have been like, oh yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire looked really ill, probably not going to play this weekend. But instead, we just find out during the game. He, did, he like straight up did not play. He didn't get a, a snap, I don't think. Right. I mean, that is as burnable as it gets. Not, I mean, My since God. Le'Veon signed with the Chiefs, he's been pretty up and down anyway. But dude, a goose well, egg so on the week the before thing, the playoffs. Here's the thing, Clyde. It's not just, here's the thing. If we were <laughs> like, well, he got a stomach bug and Andy Reid lied to us, so or lied of omission, I wouldn't say burn Clyde. Here's the problem with Clyde. In his, so remember when he had the huge outburst, like the 160-yard game or something against Buffalo? Yeah. Since then, his last six games, he's 187 rushing yards total. 187 in six games. And you're like, oh, okay, well, that's okay because he's good as a receiver too. In those six games, he's 57 receiving yards. Yeah, combined. it's touchdowns that have kind of kept him in. Just touchdowns. He's had three in six games, two were in one game. So he's really had one great game in the last six weeks, one serviceable game, three pretty bad games, and then one yeah. destroying, one that destroyed your maybe your whole season <laughs> if you needed him to make the playoffs last night. Yeah. I... Uh, I feel like it's really bad. Like I'm being selfish now. I feel like it's bad karma for the three of us to burn someone who sat out of a contest because they were sick. Because maybe he could have played <laughs> and he was contagious. We shouldn't be putting that out in the world. I say we do burn notice because I don't want the bad karma <clears throat> of that. But I'm really close to burning Clyde. I agree. I want to burn 
Andy Reid, but I'm not going to do it because he <laughs> provides such an incredible freaking spectacle in the passing game. But I mean, like he was telling us the all week, oh yeah, you know, he's he's feeling under the weather, he's missing practice, but we're really hoping to get him back for Sunday, blah, blah, blah. I will say that is like, that sounds super true. Yeah, I mean, he probably he probably thought it was true. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I, he's sick, but I'm hoping he plays. And then he didn't play. Like, he probably was hoping I would play. never burn Andy Reid. But I mean, that, you, that you was didn't bring bummer. it up. You brought it up. All right, so we're adding Miles Sanders. We're keeping Clyde and Kyler Murray on burn notice. Yeah, okay. Waiver wire for this week. Obviously, this is a huge week. Uh, playoffs are starting for most most leagues. I mean, I imagine almost everyone's in the playoffs weird. by now. Isn't that weird that of, it's already the playoffs? Yeah, this year that took forever and now it's like slowly Crazy. winding down. You're like, holy shit, it's almost over. Yeah. Yeah, Bizarre. there you go. So, all right, so Carson Wentz was benched for Jalen Hurts. Injuries, uh, Brandon Allen for the Bengals had a chest injury. He was placed by Ryan Finley. I really hope that that doesn't impact anything you're doing. Uh, <laughs> Frank Gore had a concussion for the Jets. Tyler Lockett and Brandon Cooks were both evaluated for co- concussions during the game, but cleared to return. So they're theoretically okay for this week. And then again, eight Panthers are on the COVID-19 list. We don't know who's positive or not. So keep tabs on DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and make mm. sure that they see what, what the deal is with them because either they will be able to come off and p- play but not practice this week because they're close contact or they're positive and they probably won't play this week. So keep tabs on that. But other than that, actually not that big of a week for injuries fantasy wise. So with that said, uh, let's get into streamers. You want to, should we start with quarterbacks and Jalen hurts? Yeah. I mean, we can, we can revisit the quarterbacks. I think Jalen hurts and super flex leagues is definitely worth the stream. If he is the starter, if he ends up being the starter, I think we're probably not going to find out till like, yeah, Friday or Saturday, right? Or even maybe Sunday morning. It'll be interesting to see how that all goes out. Because I bet they'll use this as a, you know, competitive advantage. You don't know who you're having to prepare for if you're if you're the Saints, uh, which is exactly what the Saints did with Taysom Hill. By the way, oh, this is going to be a fun matchup: Taysom Hill versus Jalen Hurts potentially. Um, I think you want him in two quarterback leagues. You probably don't want him in one quarterback leagues. The odds that you end up playing him in a one quarterback league are pretty low. Yeah, but I guess if you if you have a bad quarterback, you can it's pick a ballsy him up as a streamer. Dash. But I like it. Uh, Matt Stafford going up against the Packers. I think Trubisky against Houston is a viable streamer if you if you need to. Throw uh, something in there. I don't think I don't think people need to go to Trubisky because like not many quarterbacks are hurt right now. I think that you probably have way better options on your team. I mean, yeah, this, especially with the buys over, you're probably not in this situation. But um, so let's start Houston's running back. Defense then. has given up a lot of. A lot I of think points. Stafford's the only one that's legitimately interesting with Galladay and Swift potentially returning with Daryl Bevel. Yeah, he's yeah. 55% rostered. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai. 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so let's talk running backs. DK, take us through the running backs this week. Playoffs, people need... Plug and plays, people need streams, stashes, everything. Hit us. Yeah, so this is a guy that we've been talking about for a few weeks here, but Cam Akers for the Rams um, took over as like the lead back in that backfield yesterday. Uh, 21 carries, 72 yards, and a touchdown. He added a 22-yard catch. Uh, He led the Rams in snaps. He had 52 snaps to 17 for Henderson. Um, That was a season high for him. He had 21 carries, which is also a season high. And then uh, he also got, I saw this for John Daigle. He had seven carries inside the 10-yard line. He didn't convert uh, a few like goal line looks. And this would have been a much bigger game had he done that, obviously. But um, the the important thing to remember here is that he got basically the lion's share of the workload. Now, it is important to note that Henderson left, uh, Daryl Henderson left for a while with a knee injury, I believe it was. But he came back and ended up getting a touchdown. But um, bottom line, it looks like they're trying to get Akers going. And 
yeah, he's definitely worth adding at this point just because the Rams have been run heavy. Um, you know, that's a big part of their offense, and he's going to get the volume to be like a real factor in the playoffs here. We've been talking so much shit about rookie running backs. Uh, come the end of the year, all these rookie running backs are going to be like the lead guys in their team, and they're all going to look good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Rams are on Thursday night this week. They're going against the Patriots, which is awesome because Bill Belichick has made Sean McVay look like a large child before. But I think Sean McVay has made Sean McVay look like a large child. (laughs) You ever seen him? Oh my yeah! Remember when he was on Hard Knocks, throwing the basketball at his dog's face like his dog was a seal? Your dog snout can't do that, man. Coach up your dog better, Sean. My God, it's absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, I think you really want Cam Akers. I I think Cam Akers is the A one running back on waivers this week. Yeah, spend every dollar you have. A couple other guys to keep in mind. Adrian Peterson, who has had four touchdowns in the last two weeks. And DeAndre Swift, obviously, if he co- if Swift comes back, it kind of makes the Peterson addition moot. And I don't think you would want to start Peterson if Swift is back. But Swift, who did ki- he did end up clearing concussion protocol late last week, but then was out with an illness. And there was some speculation that maybe the two are related. I don't know what the deal is, but we just don't know what Swift's status is for this next week. If Swift can't go, Peterson is a startable player. Um, but if Swift is, I think you start, want him if you have DeAndre Swift, but it's risky to pick him go. up. It's risky to prioritize him over these other guys. Also, I believe Carryon Johnson got hurt in the game this week or mm. a, li- a little bit. So that's something to keep an eye on. Also, fun fact about AP this is the first time in his career he had back to back games with two touchdowns. Holy Seriously? crap, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, he was never that good. Yeah. <laughs> MVP. All right, Ty Johnson for the Jets. What do you make of this? Speaking of old running backs, Frank Gore got hurt. Yeah, and then Ty Johnson and then some other guy named Josh Adams came in. He was a former Eagle, yeah. Um, oh, right. I think, yeah. Johnson, I think Johnson is the priority here if Gore ends up missing time. Gore, I believe, was like two or three snaps into the game had to get evaluated for a concussion. So Johnson got a full workload, 22 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown added through 13 yards in the air. This is, I mean, he was like a sixth or seventh round pick for the Lions last year. Kind of got a little bit of playing time. Has bounced around. What else do we need to see to support my claim of all running backs are just pretty good? I mean, are we kidding? <laughs> yeah. Frank Gore gets hurt and some random six rounder comes in for the Jets and drops 100 yards and a touchdown? Like, come on. Are you taking credit for all running backs are fine? Yeah. <laughs> I like that you're like, I'm just the first person who's thought of this. I just feel like, you know, can Craig, we, we Craig has me. missed the last seven years of the running backs don't matter argument, I guess. <laughs> but that's fine. No, Craig just tweaked it to <laughs> so it could be his own theory. Like, running, all <laughs> running backs are okay. And it's like, it's a Craig Rollback original. Doesn't fit on a bumper sticker quite as well. What's but. that Picasso line? Good artist copy, great artist steal. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that quote was stolen from somebody who's not Picasso. Probably right. Okay, so if you have to rank these guys, you have to plug one of these guys in your lineup this week, and you need to win because it's the playoffs. Do you want Akers, Ty Johnson, or Peterson? Akers, really? What? Okay. <laughs> That's a real question you just asked? I'm just being yeah. real. Okay, so Akers, I'm just being very, we're trying to be crystal clear here for people. And then if Akers is not there, Ty Johnson over Adrian Peterson, right? I mean, it depends on what happens with Gore, but yes. I would say Ty Johnson. Well, we're not going to know by the time waivers go through. Reading the tea leaves, I feel like. Correct. Odds are DeAndre Swift comes back this week. Well, and, and therefore Adrian so we Peterson got Ty Johnson's going up against Seattle, and Adrian Peterson is going up against Green Bay. Does that change your mind? Man, Green Bay has been atrocious against opposing running backs. So, like, maybe. <laughs> I do. I think Swift is coming back, though, so that's really the tiebreaker for me. I'm going Ty Johnson and then Adrian Peterson. I want to add one potential stash just for fun because I want to talk about him, and I think he's a fun player, is, is Lynn Bowden of the Dolphins, who... Basically, everybody's hurt on the Dolphins right now. Malcolm Perry, who was playing slot receiver for them, got hurt. Preston Williams, I think we found out this week that he might not even come back this year. Um, Jakeem Grant isn't doing a whole lot. Uh, Ahmed and Brita, the running backs, are both hurt. And so, basically, they're so banged up that they went ahead and kind of got Lynn Bowden involved as both a receiver and a running back in this past week. Uh, Four catches, 41 yards in the passing game, plus he got an 11-yard rush. 31 snaps, ranked third among the receivers, so he was getting into the rotation and second among the running backs. He has running back receiver flexibility in terms of his uh, eligibility on both Yahoo and ESPN. So he's like one of those sneaky stash guys. Maybe if you have an extra spot at the end of your roster, go for it. But I wouldn't plug him into my lineup quite yet. I just think he's a really fun player and could end up having a pretty big role down the stretch. 
I think that's a smart stash. I, I agree. I wouldn't stream him, but I think that that's a fun player to throw in. And also, I just want to briefly say when you said Jakeem Grant didn't do anything much, I do want to say he was the guy who got lit up twice for the Dolphins that started that Dolphins Bengals brawl. The melee? Yeah. That looked like a scene from Jackass. <laughs> that was absolutely ridiculous. And also, Brian Flores just absolutely earned my adoration when he just was at the forefront of his yeah. players, like, hold me back. But like, he was actually <laughs> going to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing. I love, I love the Dolphins. The Dolphins are, are very quickly becoming one of my must-watch teams, <sighs> I think. Wickly lovable. All right, yeah. receivers to pick up for this week. What a crazy bunch. I got to say it. T.Y. Hilton has looked pretty damn good the last two weeks. And people may think, oh, go, really, T.Y. Hilton? Like, he's only 45% rostered. Like, he is out there in half of leagues. Everyone's yeah. cut him. And here's the thing. He had his first 100-yard game in two years. But <laughs> the thing about wow. that, I, 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 that... I'm so skeptical about is that it was against the Texans. And for some reason, T.Y. Hilton is like Julio Jones when it comes to the oh, yeah, Texans. That's true. <laughs> he has, so he's had 17 games against the Texans in his career. His he's the doll on clay, right? He's, he is. He's like the Trubisky against the Lions. <laughs> he's the doll on clay against the Texans. And so basically, a full season of games against the Texans. He has 1,600 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. Jesus. Like a quarter of T.Y. Hilton's career touchdowns are against the Texans for some reason. It's absolutely Love insane. It. Now, here on the bad side, you're like, well, what if it's a flash in the pan? He hasn't been consistent anyway. The good thing is they play the Texans again in two weeks. So at the very least, if you need someone in a couple weeks, T.Y. Hilton's not the, not the worst player you could grab. But I'd rather, we mentioned Kiki Kuti earlier in the show. I'd rather have mm -hmm. him, maybe even Tim Patrick. Would you rather have, I mean, where would you rank those three dudes? I mean, Kiki, mm -hmm. Tim Patrick, T.Y. Hilton. What, how, rank those Damn. guys in terms of pickups for this week? I think that when you, when you have a close call like that, you always want to kind of lean in the direction of like who's the more solid quarterback, the solid play caller, the better team. And that's why I think I would lean T.Y. just because of the Colts, because of Rivers over like, True lock and like who knows what's going on with Denver on any given game. Plus you know? their schedule is pretty easy. They got Vegas. Hilton's got Vegas, then Houston. I mean, you don't want to probably start him against Pittsburgh in three weeks, but he can get you a couple of good weeks here. So you like Rivers over Lock, but what about Kuti? I think I take Kuti over T.Y. I think that makes sense. So Kuti, T.Y. Hilton, and then Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick. Could you concur. And then Chad Mbop Hansen coming in after that. <laughs> Uh, oh my god Chad Hansen are we, are we actually picking up Chad H we're not actually doing this are we no I don't know Danny Kelly uh -oh. this is the first time I've heard his name in like two years so I don't know probably not the guy's been waived by six teams I think I'm not chasing that I'm not chasing yeah. that pot of gold you know who I'd rather have I think I'd rather have Colin Johnson from the Jaguars who yeah. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago the dude is coming on this backup the backup connection narrative is strong with Glennon and Colin Johnson. Johnson just goes out and makes plays. He had four catches for 66 yards, plus he added a two-point conversion. Double-digit points within both games with Glennon. And he actually out-snapped LaVisca Chenault, 39-25 to 25 in this last game, interestingly enough. Also, LaVisca Chenault's he, touchdown was bullshit. It bounced off a of defender's arm, yeah, like arms it was into LaVisca's touchdown. No, it hit like Chark and then bounced off a of defender's shoulder and then he caught it or something like that he looked so happy but i remember thinking that that was just you know how we want to do our league <laughs> yeah. what, what are we calling our league like the should have scored points league, been, you the know what it could have should yeah the what it could have yeah. should have league chanel does not get points for that no no, no yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's the absolutely too, yeah oh my god so anyways you know this is like a deeper cut guy but colin johnson has looked pretty good and he's a big part of that offense and and it looks like glennon's going to continue to start i think i saw that this morning that Glennon is the starter this week, so keep that guy in mind. I have one really deep cut here. If you're in like a 16-team league, Quintus Cephas on the Lions, he had 63 yards and a touchdown this week. He had a really nice deep ball that Stafford hit him with for like a 50-yard touchdown. The Lions released Marvin Hall last week, and if Galladay misses another week, Cephas, you know, he, he's had a couple moments. He had a big week one. Mm -hmm. He's the only one of the only Lions receivers under contract, so he might start playing more as the year goes on as they kind of they get out of playoff contention. So if you got a kind of a larger league there, Cephas could be somebody in dynasties more so, but yeah. just something to keep an eye on. Deep cut. Cephas is one of those guys that just really drives home the weirdness of how all receivers in the NFL these days are going with you know, the 10 through 20 numbers, 10 through 19 numbers now, and like very few have numbers in the 80s anymore. It's very bizarre. It makes them look older. 
Yeah, he has number eighty. He's number eighty-seven, and I'm just like, this just looks weird. Like eighty-seven yeah. has got to be the worst number for a receiver. Like, You're so ahead. right about the T. Higgins thing. Whenever I see him, I just assume he's a tight end because he's, he's a tight end. Like he looks 85. like a tight end to me every single time. I'm like, who is this guy? I don't know who this is. You know why I like Mims? Is Mims is number eleven? I feel like there's not a ton of elevens out there for receivers. Who's the best eleven of all time? Well, I feel like all these guys Ooh, now love the question. like I'm one of one, and now Mims is either one of one or he's one of two, depending how you count that. Come on. Oh, I actually thought that was okay. All right. I also I like Judy being number 10, too, even though he did nothing last night. But I think Jerry Judy is unbelievable. All right. Tight ends. Oh, yeesh. Oh, my God. These guys. It's just. We're digging deep, you guys. We're digging uh, deep on these white waiver oh. wire tight ends. Cole Komet is my guy from the Bears. Sure. No, I, yeah. Dude. Sure. Do, do we really want to do this? Do we, like, yeah, do we, we do. really want to recommend the Bears I mean, I tight think end? We, we need to tell some it's people. playoff week. Oh my Some tight God. ends that they could potentially pick up if they really need one. Komet has, uh, he's a second round rookie. He was the highest drafted tight end this year. He looks the part. He's a good athlete. Um, he has over multiple points of the season, the coaches have talked him up and been like, we need to get him more involved. He looks really good. Jimmy Graham is well past his prime at this point. It doesn't make any sense for them to really continue to go to, to Jimmy Graham. He had a good catch and run touchdown this past week. Five catches on seven targets, 37 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this is a freaking shot in the dark, like a dart throw type of guy because he could end up with like one target next week. But I mean, this is what the tight end position has become. This is what we, this is what the waiver wire for tight ends is at this point. So, I mean, if you're going to go like, it's going to be hard to find any other tight end that's going to get seven targets off the waiver wire. That's all I'll say about that. This is, Heifetz is not depressing. I think it well. It depends if we buy the function of the larger Bears offense improving against their weaker schedule. I think they're one and the same because it's like it's still a dart throw touchdown thing. So it depends if you like the Trubisky resurgence. I think it makes sense. The other guy to keep in mind is Drew Sample of the Bengals, who was also a second rounder two years ago. Uh, seven catches for seventy nine yards this week. Obviously not super efficient, and they had five or four catches for 40 yards last week. This is a PPR kind of guy only because he's just getting underneath stuff. But in an offense that's either led by uh, Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley, if Allen misses time, I mean, it could just be like a check down thing and he could end up getting six or seven targets any, in any given week. So um, if you're desperate, Drew Sample is another guy that has that. At least he's going to get some targets in the passing game. I got one. Uh, Anthony Ferkser on the Titans. What did you call me? <laughs> He is 9% rostered. The Titans are playing at Jacksonville next week. Listen, I know Anthony Ferkser kind of sounds like a random player. <laughs> Been kind of serviceable. Listen, since the yeah. Titans week four bye, and, and all of the games where Ferkser and Jonu Smith have played on the field together since their week four bye, Ferkser has out-targeted Jonu Smith 33-29. to 29. He oh, was no. the tight end 13 in that span, albeit Jonu Smith was the tight end five, but they coexisted as top 13 tight ends <laughs> on the Titans. And Jonu Smith has been out the last two weeks. Ferkser had 50 yards last week. I think if Jonu's not playing, he's, he is, you know, as good as it's going to get. Yes, the tight end position is a barren wasteland. And the fact that any of these guys might be playing for you in the playoffs is tough. But at the same time, you got to, you know what? Next man up. You got to scrap your way. Yeah. So if you got to pick from one of these three guys, who do you want? I think I'm going Komet, Ferkser, Sample. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if Johnny was out, I'll probably go with Ferkser tops. If Johnny continues to not play. Okay. All right, cool. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> this hurts. Yeah, that's on that note. How do we end on something note. a little more fun, huh? Got any fun facts? The Giants are in first place in the division. I can't believe it. How do you it, feel man. the Giants are gonna host the Seahawks in the I know, I was gonna game? say this is setting this is setting up so perfectly for the Seahawks to actually go to MetLife. Go to the Meadowlands. Is this still MetLife or is it just the Meadowlands? I don't even know. It's MetLife. Although I I've started I refuse to call the, the stadiums what their sponsored name is. I just call them by I, I don't know. I kind of refuse. Heifetz, do you even want Saquon back, or are you just good with Gallman now? I mean, Wayne Gallman. I mean, Wayne Gallman <laughs> had 135 yards, which, to be clear, would be like one of the, the four best rushing yard totals Saquon's ever had. So I just want to say, like, I feel like they're equal. Dude, Alfred Morris had two touchdowns. <laughs> I, <laughs> what year I, is it? Uh, I love Saquon, and I also am extremely thrilled with Wayne Gallman. So uh, the Seahawks are going to play the Giants in the, in the playoffs, though. Is the bottom? Line. No, what I want is the Bucks to come with Tom Brady. Back to the Giants, and uh, I want the Giants to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs a third time. You don't want the opportunity to talk shit to me some more? 
No, I'd I'd rather talk shit to the Patriots fans and just That's just fair. be three That's and zero against Brady in the playoffs. That's really what I want. That's that would be great. All right, thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to the scheduling gods. Thank you to Joe Judge, excellent head coach. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Weezer. We- Ooh. All right, not bad. All right, that yeah, really that was ready, locked and loaded. <laughs> See you guys on Wednesday. <laughs>